When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And this is going to be a great show. I have a feeling this is going to be a great show. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do whatever it is that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and join Joe Soro, who went from one emotion to the next all over LakersBall.com, plus our awesome Playback.tv channel. If you didn't get a chance to hear Sean opened up the, the contest for us tonight. Magic man, Sean Grice. And Joe Soro take over the highs and the lows. You would have experienced it with us at playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. So be there for the next game with us. And also as well, our good friends at Lakerholics.com. I'm sure Jamie Sweet and Laker Tom have a lot of great things that they'll be saying about the game at Lakerholics.com. And if you want your lawn transformed into something much more beautiful than it is today, please go ahead and support Joe Soro at Sinblades, Sinblades with the Y.com. And of course, our good friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. And if you can support all that, it is sincerely appreciated. Richard is asking us, Gerald and Joe, how are you guys? Well, I'll tell you what, we're sure as hell doing a lot better than <laughs> this is what happened at halftime. Because uh, in the first quarter, everything was pretty good for a start. 15-2 start for the Lakers heading into Portland today. Looked like it was off to something good. The momentum for the last game on Friday, everything started flowing real well. Off to a 15-2 start. Things were looking good. They sat LeBron down. Of course, they come back. But the Lakers were still leading at the end of the first quarter. So everything still seemed very competitive against a team they have to beat in order to hop over them in the Western Conference standings. But then the second quarter happened, and this reminded me so much of that onslaught we got on Christmas Day and the Dallas Christmas Day massacre there. This was almost as bad because 45-13, to we were outscored in that second quarter, and it seemed dismal. The Lakers were down by 25 the half. 
and it really seemed like all was lost. You saw their body language. Everything looked really desperate. But the third quarter came around, and in a quarter that is typically one of the worst for the Lakers, in fact, they're the worst team in the NBA in the third quarter, they came back, and they came back strong. They charged out of halftime. I don't know what Darvin Ham, the coaching staff, did right that they haven't done before, but they gave them a speech that the Lakers must have listened to. Kobe's 81-point game and the anniversary may have inspired them because they came back strong in the third quarter. They came, they were actually cut the lead down to single digits. And then the fourth quarter, they overtook the Portland Trailblazers with some real good firepower. It just LeBron James, what can you say? The guy's 38 years old. Doesn't matter. 37 points for him. Thomas Bryant with the effort once again. 31 points right there for you, coming from your guy that. A lot of people didn't even have any respect for anymore after he blew out his knee. Guy came back strong, 31 points tonight. And also as well, Dennis Schroeder chipping in with 24. No, Russell Westbrook didn't have a great game. No, he did have a great game on Friday. Yes, he did. But today he didn't. But the rest of the Lakers picked up the slack. And the Lakers, with some really clutch play for the second game in a row, watch out, they win. Going away, 121 to 112. And here today to talk about today's game, where it stands for the Lakers now, 22 and 25 in 12th place in the Western Conference. And also, later on today, we will reflect on the anniversary of Kobe's 81-point game. He's a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com and LakersBall.com. That's Ox1947. It is Joe Soro and Joe. You and I were going back and forth on the phone. I was listening in when I could on the playback.tv. You and Sean were excellent today. But the emotions and running the gambit, as my 89-year-old mom said, it gave her a heart attack almost because, my God, the Lakers, with their second largest comeback ever as a franchise, came back and won this game. Well, I was watching the December 6th, what was a 2003 game mm. at my buddy's house when that they was were the down. Dallas game, correct? Now they were, yes, they were down 27 going into the fourth and won that game. Now, at that time, that was unprecedented. That, that, those things never happened. Very, very rarely ever happened. As I was watching this game, there was frustration definitely after the second quarter, but. I didn't feel dread. Number one, usually Lakers have been terrible at the whatever the hell they call it now. I'm going to call it the Rose Garden because that's what it is. They've always played bad there. It didn't matter if they were winning championships, rebuilding. They, they've always just not been good there. But I did. I, but I had noticed that since LeBron had been a Laker, he, he, they seemed to play better there with LeBron, but that's, 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 that's something we'll get into later. Yeah. They're down 24, 25 at the half. I didn't really think too much about it. I was kind of preparing for the show to be like, well, guys, it's, it's just Dame hitting, doing his thing. And Simon's was just not missing. Sometimes that happens. Those games happen. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I started talking to some friends and obviously talking to you to some degree. And then all of a sudden I started seeing a, wait a minute, they're down 12? Wait, is that nine? Like, you 
you, you seriously put your head down for about maybe two or three minutes. And then all of a sudden you look up and I'm paying attention to the cow, uh, the Cowboy Niner game. And you, I got the split screen on there. So I'm sitting there going like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. I have to go back to the full screen. Like what the hell just happened? They come, they make, they, they, they're up, they're down five going into the fourth. And I'm going, huh, Lakers might actually have a, you know, a good chance of winning this game. And then that last four or five minutes. Wow. Yeah. Thomas Bryant and LeBron James orchestrating these things and guys hitting shots. Schroeder, Troy Brown Jr. It was another full onslaught team effort. And LeBron James, I don't know why it clicked tonight, but that son of a gun is something else, man. I mean, he is just something else. Forever how hard you are, you always said that you will give him praise when he deserves it. And he certainly deserves it. He, he is, he has mastered the game of basketball. He really has. And as far as I'm concerned, he's the best player of his era. Sorry, Steph Curry. Sorry, Kevin Durant. It's LeBron James. And he continues to show it. And it's just, it's just one of those things sometimes you got to sit back and just appreciate what's going on because we're, 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 we're sports fans. And if you don't appreciate this, then you're really not, if you're just looking for the bad things. You're, you're not really a sports fan. You're just somebody who's got a innate disdain for things. And that's just kind of your personality. But this was, this was a game where you felt like there was a connection with this team where they're like, we are not going to lose Thomas Bryant's, dunk on that offensive rebound holy crap i screamed on that play and then i looked at the tv after i got done screaming all over the place i looked at thomas bryant and he's screaming and i got you pumped and that's that's how that's the part of sports that you that we crave every game that's what we want to see and this is after watching really two really good games even though the First game was somewhat of a uh, a blowout, but the, the score didn't really show it. It's still, you know, that Jared Allen, uh, Josh Allen versus uh, Joe Burrow kind of these two teams are going to be doing this for a long time. And then you had the Dallas Niner playoff game, which we've seen. I've seen so many of those in my lifetime. And then you see this, you know, Damian Lillard doing his thing and they're in Portland and LeBron is doing what he's doing and Pat Beverly has the best game he's ever had as a Laker. As a matter of fact, I think his uh, plus minus was 27. Yeah. Thomas Bryant's was 22. And this is with Russell Westbrook playing like Russell Westbrook bad. And they yeah. still come out winning. That was, that was I a joke. Pretty- I joked to you during the game. I thought he was intentionally trying to spike Eubanks's block numbers. Cause he kept getting blocked by Eubanks. Each and every time went to the basket. I think Eubanks just had his timing down so well. He just couldn't get past it. But it was was so much fun watching those last few minutes. Just feeling like, wow, they're not going to lose this game. They are, they are, they are, they're on the offensive end. They're making the shots. They're making the open shots. They're, 
they're getting the, the, the rebounds and putting it back in. And LeBron didn't feel like he had to do everything, which, which that's all he wants, man. He just wants to win, right? He wants to participate. But at the same time, it's like, dude, he just played another 35 minutes. Let me, let, you know, help me out here, guys, and we'll, we'll, we'll do some things here. So I, I would have probably come on tonight with the same tone I have now because I just – it just was one of those games where it wouldn't have been a surprise if the Portland Trailblazers ended up winning, but I'm more hyped that they, that the Lakers won. And I didn't think they'd lose tonight. I didn't come in it going, Oh, they're going to lose. As long as LeBron was playing, I said, Oh, what? we got a shot here. You know, uh, I wasn't expecting a, a, a second quarter <laughs> that turned into 45 to 13. Which was the largest uh, deficit of any kind, as far yeah, as yeah, I think the disparity the, that the forty-five to thirteen disparity is the largest of this year for any NBA team. Yeah, and 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 the, the turnaround was thirty-two points mm-hmm. from when they were leading by, I believe, seven to to then being down twenty-five. Yes. I I don't I don't I really didn't have a feeling after that. I figured okay. They just got blitzed by, you know, Simons wasn't missing, you know. And that's the thing. That's the difference between uh, playing bad with no pride, no heart, and some guy just not stopping his onslaught. Some guys just get into that zone and they don't miss and you can't do anything about it. Damian Lillard is always a, you know, crazy guy against us. And he was trying to make those shots in the fourth quarter and he was missing. And when those were not dropping, I was saying to myself, ooh, if you guys can just run the offense the way you need to, hit the open shots, this is going to be very interesting. And Josh Josh Hart, now that Douglas mentioned him, uh, Josh Hart was playing really well too. He was making yeah. shots, and you know, I, I, I didn't know if that was going to last all, all game, but he played pretty well. But nonetheless, the Lakers played with – in a hostile environment, and yes, it does not matter. This 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 particular game in the NBA, whether it's a regular season game or whether they both teams stink, whether they're both good, whether it's playoff, it doesn't matter. It's like Ohio State, Michigan, when it comes to the Lakers coming into Portland. Portland, twice a year at the very least, is about as hostile when the Lakers come in as any game that I've watched in in my years of watching basketball. And to, to stick it to them in Portland is just fantastic and a great way to end a, a, a great sports Sunday. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Ugh. So you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers behind spirited performances from LeBron with 37 points, Thomas Bryant with 31 points and 14 rebounds, and Dennis Schroeder with 24. They have a tremendous second half comeback. One, the second largest in the history of the Los Angeles Lakers from a 25-point halftime deficit and beat, pulling away the Portland Trailblazers to flip over them in the Western Conference standings, 121 to 112. Joe, I want to ask you this, though, when it comes down to specifics, what did you see differently from that second quarter to that second half? They got off to such a great start, the Lakers did, but... When I was watching the game on the second half, they totally were being killed off the glass, and the transition game was actually working against them. In the third quarter, it was all about swinging the opposite. The Lakers seemed to have the edge in the rebounding. Uh, You know, Nurkic was getting plastered by Bryant right and left, and the Lakers seemed to get out and transition that much more. Human nature probably came in. I'm not going to say it's. The, the, the Portland Trailblazers didn't kind of maybe take their foot off the gas and assume that the Lakers would quit because that's what they sort of have done in the past. But we also had, hadn't seen them getting blown out like this in a while. Matter of fact, I, I told you I thought I jinxed the team. Well, as LeBron said after the game, they're not a laydown team. They didn't lay down. They haven't laid. I, I seriously, I've watched every game this year except one. I seriously have not. I cannot remember the last time they got blown out. And, of course, I say that in the next game they're getting blown out. But what ended up happening in the second half was it almost was like Darvinham said something at halftime. Like, guys, just can you just not worry about the scoreboard at this point? Just go out there. You know they're going to sort of kind of lay down because they're up 25. Take advantage of it eat away at it a little bit, and then let's see what we can do heading into the fourth. And that's exactly what happened. And again, it came down to the fact that LeBron was orchestrating the offense. The guys were hitting open shots, and they were moving on offense. They were moving on defense, too. They were at least trying to put some kind of effort in in, in, in distracting them when they were shooting versus in the first quarter when they weren't. And in the first quarter, the reason why they weren't was they were able to spread the floor more, Portland was, and get a lot of open shots. And I don't think anybody anticipated Simons hitting five three-pointers in the first half. So that's one of those things where adjustments matter, right? Adjustments is, all right, guys, this guy's, you know, 
if I'm going to talk football on a Sunday, you know, if the guy, if, if Kittle is getting open in the middle, you know, five times in the first quarter, uh, you might want to put some guy like shadowing that so he doesn't keep getting open all the way. Same thing in basketball. Well, guys, we need to pay attention to Simons a little bit and let's try to get Damian Lillard kind of funneled into some kind of a, a, a tall guy, right? Somebody like Thomas or, or, or Troy Brown Jr. Something where you can at least deflect or confuse a guy who's only about 6'2". And that's essentially what they did. And LeBron orchestrating the offense, this was probably his – I mean, this is really, really good. He was he was LeBron prime tonight in terms of – he played of- through the fatigue because you could start to see it, it, it was affecting him a little bit in that fourth quarter. As I told you, as I, as I thought it would happen, but he played through it and the rest of the team, you know, helped him. And they helped him. They helped him. And that, and by them helping him, allowed him to continue to run the offense the way it needed to be. And he was able to finish it out. He was able to, even late in the fourth quarter, do bully ball, which for those who, you know, for those who've watched LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and, and Michael Jordan as, as like I have, there's two things that this, you know, Michael Jordan and, and LeBron James, LeBron, Michael Moore at the beginning of his career, but LeBron James, because he's a freakish, freakishly built human being, he he can never ever lose that ability to get to the to the basket. You cannot stop a six foot eight, 250 pound man who can dribble and is fast. You just it's how? Who who's built like him to stop him other than Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi Leonard kind of works off one leg right now. And if he's going to do that, this is why we're always talking about, I mean, it's common sense in any team or any any part of basketball, but if these guys, if Schroeder and Troy Brown Jr. and Pat Bev, and these guys are hitting shots, heck, even Thomas Bryant hitting those mid-ranges, if these guys are hitting those shots, LeBron is not going to have to worry about going tired at the end. He can distribute the ball where you want it, put it in the spot that you want it. You make the shot, he'll feed you all day. He won an assist title. He won an assist title in 2020 because guys made shots consistently throughout the year. They weren't snipers. They weren't Bogdanovich. They weren't uh, Dale Ellis in their prime or Del Curry. No, but each guy would end up taking that that spot every other game. And that's the that's the job of the role players. You be the best role player today. You be the rest, best role player today. And everybody takes turns. And that's what happened. And the guy ended up winning an assist title as well as winning a championship. Now, obviously, having AD there helped, which now takes us to that next thing. If AD, if we can sneak another win here against LA, which um, I believe it was, who asked me? Was it Douglas? Douglas asked if we were, if, if the Clippers are in trouble. That's a great question. If they play like this, if they play like this, I'm expecting a blowout if they play the whole game like this. I'm expecting them to take take the Clippers to the woodshed. And that's that's what I'm waiting for. That's what I want to see. And then we go into the Boston game. I'm sorry, we go into the San Antonio game. If LeBron wants to kind of kick it a little bit, hey, guys, Give me a rest so I can get ready for Boston. Go ahead and go ahead and whoop the whoop whoop the Spurs and let's 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 try to go on another five game winning streak. So I'm I'm excited about that game. I I have a very good feeling that 
we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be competitive in that game and hopefully very competitive. And that's something I think that's uh, Richard is bringing up right now. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win one twenty one and one twelve. Thanks so much to all the Facebook groups, the Lakers Facebook groups that I've now been a part of and that's seeing us right now for the first time on there. Please go ahead and like and subscribe. Be a part of what we do each and every game right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Also, the over 5,000 followers right there for us at Courtside Lakers. Thank you so much to Henry for allowing us that privilege to go ahead and show the audience what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. Please like and subscribe so you can go ahead and get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air each and every time right here with the Lakers fast break. But Richard did mention, besides AD, the others are playing so well. What do we do when Lonnie and Reeves come back? We First of all, those guys have been out by the time they come back three to four weeks, just like AD. AD, Lonnie, and Reeves have been out lined up for weeks. So those guys, you got to go ahead and bring them back in along slowly. You can't just bring them back in, expect them to play 35 minutes and get the kind of production, especially with AD and the navicular bone in his foot and how tender that still his situation still is. You know he's not going to play back-to-backs. You know he's not going to be brought up the way everybody wants to just say, bam, let's put him back 35 minutes, no problem. I think you got to bring them back along slowly. Also as well because the rotation that you currently have that is, as of right now, effective to an extent, you got to go ahead and make sure that it gels right in a right way as a coaching staff, uh, you know, because if you don't do it the right way or you don't go ahead and have them gel in the proper way, you could just be back to a situation where like you were earlier this season. These these guys are role players, so you roll with what's working mm-hmm. and then you integrate Reeves and Lonnie Walker for depth pur- purposes. Hopefully, if the role players currently playing are continuing to do well, you'll have two more guys that can help rest up LeBron during the game. And that's how I look at this. I'm sure Darvin Ham isn't too far off of the common sense thing here, whereas just make sure that you you keep the rhythm going, you keep the, the momentum going, and then Reeves and Lonnie will will integrate as, upon needing, needing them. And we are getting – Close to the deadline, we are now, what, 17, 18 days away. And if there was ever a time to say that we need a trade, it's now. And the more the Lakers win, the more that trade becomes big. Why? Because the Lakers, should AD stay healthy, have a shot now. They've been playing well. Even in the games that they've lost, we've been upset. We're making assumptions. We're making analyzations, all that stuff, saying this, this team's just not going to do it. Well, that's what we saw last week. That's what we saw two weeks ago. That's what we saw a month ago. But if they start showing this part and we still have another – what? how many games have we played right now? We're looking at – we're 47 right now, 22 and 25. Okay, so we've played 47 games, which means we have 20, was it 35 games left? And if they are starting to really gel here and you add a couple of impact players and AD stays healthy, 
with the parity in the, in, in the West, especially, there's some things that we can discuss after that. And your biggest chip right now is Russell Westbrook still. Absolutely. And, you, you know, Russell Westbrook is still all, he's been a major contributor over the past couple of weeks. Today, he was awful, but, you know, he was the reason, one of the main reasons why he won the Friday game because of his 29 points. And I do want to give him credit for that. Today was not a good Russell Westbrook day. So he is still inconsistent. And Dennis Schroeder, same thing. You know, you got a good Dennis Schroeder day, actually a good Dennis Schroeder past couple of weeks. Hopefully that can continue. And then you still bring in Reeves and Walker. Hopefully it can just, like you said, cut down the bronze minutes just by three to five minutes a game. Even if they can do that and still be consistent out there on the floor, that's going to be a big help. It will, and but the Lakers, if the Lakers continue to play this way without AD, beating Memphis, beating a Portland team on the road, these are these are like quality wins. You beat the Clippers on Tuesday. That's another quality win. This isn't beating the Hornets, you know, at home or beating the San Antonio Spurs. This is these are quality wins. If this is how you guys are going to perform and, 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 and win and AD gets back and is not going to get hurt again, you have to, absolutely have to send in some reinforcements here if you want to contend deep in the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs with this team from what it looks like if they play like this for another 35 games. But contending, they're going to need – reinforcements and that's this next 18 days is going to be a huge huge identifier of the season if they don't do anything at the deadline we're not going to win the championship if they do something that that little door opens a little just a little see douglas is saying doug and thank you douglas for being on the show and everyone else out there the best lakers chat room is right here at the lakers fast break He's saying that's why the Lakers shouldn't make a trade because it depletes their bench. The only thing is, though, the bench has been so inconsistent this season and the roster as far as talent-wise, you can you and I have said this over and over, Joe, that talent-wise, you know, when you look at it 3 through 15, you're going to get inconsistencies all over the place because just, just who they are, numbers 3 to 15. Douglas, we're going to have to wait to see if there's a team that finally – gets to that point where they have to unload quality players for an expiring contract. That's what we're going to wait for because as I'm not banking on the fact that Patrick Beverly is going to play like this every game. This is his best game by far. This is his best game by far. And I'm not, I'm, you know, we can't fall in love after one game with this guy, with one guy. We did that with Westbrook at the beginning of the year when he accepted his role as a six man and was playing really well. But the reality is we don't need Russell Westbrook for this team to play well. He, yeah, he helps a little here and there, but there are two players out. Huh? Friday. He played really well Friday. Right. But he was still making those plays that make you want to, you know, throw chopsticks in your eyes. And there's, there has to be at least a couple players that you know, game in and game out, role player types that are almost really good, that are going to be out there, hopefully for trade, 
and there's $47 million there that you can play with. That is what I'm going to, besides watching the games, that's what I'm going to be waiting for. I want to see what could develop from that. Who is going to finally say, all right, we'll take Westbrook because we're only going to have to pay him two more months and we can get out of these two contracts of these quality players that either one, they're going to want mega contracts after this that we can't afford, or we don't want to pay these guys beyond this, this next year. This is going to be a, I think the more the Lakers win, the more the, the Rob Palenka really, you think if, if pressure is on him now, if the Lakers end up winning a lot of games and they end up getting an eight seed, seven seed going into the, the trade deadline, they end up reaching the seven or eight seed. You damn well better believe the pressure is going to be on him even more to get something. It's got to happen if you want to win a championship now and next year. Got to happen. If they don't do it, if they don't, I'm going to take a guess that they don't have any confidence that AD can play healthy ever again. I agree with Empire Jeff. Uh, just wanted to say once again, as the Lakers do win 121 to 112, you know, he's talking about size and shooting on the wings and, of course, better shooting overall. I mean, that's something I think the Lakers should key in on. You know, we've seen the emergence of Thomas Bryant, my friend, after, you know, he's been mostly consistent playing some really good basketball in AD's absence since he's been put into the starting lineup. You and I have talked about when AD comes back, Thomas Bryant staying in the starting lineup. If he continues to play this well, I'm not sure this you know fantabulous trade that we've been touting all year long in Indiana with Miles Turner and Buddy Heald is the right option. Buddy Heald is still an option you want to go to because of the tremendous shooting, but I really think that you need to look closer at the wings and the size there and the shooting and size in the backcourt as key areas of need for the Los Angeles Lakers, provided Thomas Bryant continues to give you that quality play from the center position. So Thomas Bryant ideally would be the perfect back, perfect big coming off the bench. I think he could have a fantastic career being that Bill Walton in 1986 guy. That's that's where he would flourish. He'd be he'd be able to do that as long as he was healthy for the next five to ten years. Let's say right. Let's say the next five years. Starting center with AD is likely going to be the option because the Lakers don't have any other option. That would be the only way they can make that work because AD can go to his natural position and Thomas Bryant is a big who can actually shoot and can rebound and is just is 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 it is it what's the word I'm looking for I'm, I'm enigmatic enigmatic there you go and I just he's just brings when he got that putback dunk I I'm telling you right now the amount of electricity that came out of that was Shaq esque in terms of that moment, because I hadn't seen that in so long. I hadn't seen a guy rebound like that next to two stilts and dunk over them. It's been a long time since I've seen that. I've seen AD dunk over two guys on an alley-oop. I've seen AD dunk on people on a drive, but I I hadn't seen that snatching of the rebound and then just dunk like you weren't even there. It's been a while since I've seen that, and it was really nice to see. So Thomas Bryant ideally would be the perfect big off the bench, but he's going to likely be the starting center with AD when he gets back, and I'm okay with that. 
and and as far as Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, the, the, there's no chance of Buddy Heald coming for any pick to L.A. The Lakers are not trading one of their first-round picks for Buddy Heald. Well, and the thing is, I understand that everybody else out there is, is talking about how he's a great fit. Yes, he is a great fit and would be a great fit alongside AD. The problem is, is the fact that he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And if you can't get him, if you trade for him without any knowledge of him committing to an extension right there and then with the Los Angeles Lakers, he will walk in the summer because he goes to the whoever wants to pay the most for him in the summer. So I don't know. Getting Miles Turner is a big risk unless you already have a commitment from him or his agent that he's going to sign an extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. He hasn't yet with Indiana. Think about that. So you give up two first-round picks for a guy that may walk in the summer. They're not. They're not giving up two picks. They would have done it well, already. Let's just say theoretically. They, yeah, yeah, you're they, right. They would have done it already. But I'm they would have done you. it. And I, I tell you what. I'll tell you this. I will say this. If they knew AD would be healthy, there might be a little bit more room there, where they're like, "Look, we get Buddy Yield and Miles Turner with a healthy AD who's playing seventy games a year." and LeBron is doing what he's doing, we have a shot at winning championships, right? That's what Laker Tom says. God, God, you know, we've got to give Laker Tom some 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 pub here because he's been gone for a while. And that works because Turner is the perfect center next to AD. It's the perfect front court. Buddy Heald, mm, he's a great shooter, yes, but he can go cold too. But... I don't know. I don't. I don't see the Pacers doing a deal with the Lakers. That's been my problem. Why would the Lake? Why would the Pacers do a deal with with the Lakers? And why would they trade him anyways? Because they're competing and they got a young team. And why wouldn't they sign Miles Turner? Is it for cap reasons? Do they not want to pay over the luxury tax? Okay, I, I, I guess I could buy that. But I don't. I don't see any avenue there. I haven't seen any. Any, any kind of information that's coming out of there, they're, they're, they're going one direction or the other. But we are going to know in 18 days. We're going to know who's been bluffing. And maybe that's what Rob is waiting for. Maybe that's what he's waiting for. Problem is, the problem is we, we didn't really have room to wait. But it is what it is. We got lucky that the, the, there's a lot of parity in the West. Maybe that might luck into – maybe we might run into luck there because of the fact that there isn't too much separation. Richard's asking uh, both of us, don't you agree with the slow start we had and all that the close games we lost, we ain't that bad of a team? Well, just imagine all those heartbreaking losses that we've had over the course of the past couple months or so. We've counted, what, at one time six games, five to six games, I think that should have gone our way or could have easily gone our way. That's a big swing. The Lakers would be comfortably in the playoff. They'd actually probably be around fifth place right now in the Western Conference had they not had all those tough games or at least gotten off to a decent start. So what does that say about right now where we stand as a team? We've had to, like, just like today's game, we had to come back from such insurmountable odds in order to win this game, just like this season. I think it's almost like a microcosm. Because we did that in today's game, is there opportunity now for the Lakers to come back from insurmountable odds to go ahead and become a playoff contender in the Western Conference? Well, AD's coming back on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. They can make a run here. 
But that's been our issue. There's actually been two issues with me. Can they stay healthy? Can the guy, can AD stay healthy? And are these guys going to shrink in the end, at the end of games? In a lot of the games they have. But lately they haven't. So if they've gotten over that hump where they're going to play smart basketball like they have the last few games at the end of the game and you have a healthy AD the rest of the way, absolutely they're going to be contenders. Absolutely. But they're not going to win a championship with this current team, even at a health, with a healthy AD, unless something happens in Boston or maybe even Milwaukee to some degree. Although I'm not really worried about Milwaukee. Uh, it's really Boston. And I know we're paying attention to the West because it's relevant, because that's where they play. But I don't think in West Conf- Western Conference and Eastern Conference when it comes to the Lakers. Lakers are about championship, guys. I don't feel that this team can beat the Boston Celtics in the finals if, they get, if they're thinking that that's enough to get there. They're not playing for any, anything else, guys. Even if it, we're, we're delusional, you can say we're delusional. It doesn't matter whether we are 1-39 in 39 or whatever. Lakers play for championships. That's 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 the mindset. And if they're winning and they're climbing up the standings, they're only a game out of the play-in and they're two games out of the sixth seed, which is just nuts to me to hear that. And we're almost at the end of January. Man, AD, please, can you stay healthy the rest of the way? They're going to make a run. And if these guys are going to start feeling like they can actually make shots when, they, when we need it, and Rob can get us a couple of guys that can actually – help us out, yeah, things are going to get very interesting. Things can get very interesting, especially if LeBron turns into Tom Brady. Well, he's already turned into Tom Brady, but he needs to be Tom Brady officially by winning a championship this late in his career. People are asking now in the chat, I think after Zangerstein floated, uh, you know, an alternative trade, the getting Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich uh, from Detroit I think uh, it's going to take at least one of the first in order to get them. I wouldn't trade both of the first. In fact, Boyan Bogdanovich, you know, it's been talked about in the chat that because he's 34 years old, you know, it's a big risk taking someone that age. You know, is he going to contribute? Is You're basically looking at this season. When you're making the trade, you're thinking about this season and you're not thinking about down the road. I wouldn't fault. Bogdanovich is not a – he's not an earth mover. He's a, he's a shooter, right? And he's 34. If he was 25, that's a different story. You you have a future there, right? You have a future or at least a, 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 a recent future where if LeBron plays another couple of years and 80s healthy, again, we're having to go there. <laughs> you're, you're, you've got somebody there that can be a bona fide third guy that could be your sniper. 34 is way too old. I, I, we can't, we can't make that trade. If, if there's enough teams out there that are talking about unloading some young talent, because they can't, they won't be able to pay him max money. You go after them. If you're going to drop a couple of draft picks, you got to get some kind of an impact player with that. And I'm sure that the Lakers are waiting to do that. Uh, I do. Want, I want to mention that Douglas is asking about the buyout market, and that's great and all, Douglas. Uh, you know, the Lakers have had uh, some good successes with uh, getting Markeith Morris, who helped guide them to a championship in 2020. But also it's worked against him because it just wasn't really a good fit when Andre Drummond, who's playing well in Chicago now, did not play well with the Lakers. But when it comes to buyout and the buyout market, you don't think that all these other teams, all these buyers in the marketplace right now that can't get players or can't trade for players, the, like you said, the Bostons, the Brooklyns, the Milwaukees, the Denvers, the Memphises, 
all those group, all those good teams that have already great records, they're going to be vying for the same buyouts as the Lakers. And it's going to be the pick of the litter for those individuals that are decent, that are getting a buyout. And if that's the case, you know, I don't know if the Lakers are going to be able to get someone that's really going to improve the team because there's so many players. If they're, if they're, that are, if they are leaving, they're going to choose one of those better teams before they pick the Lakers based off of record. Yeah. I'm not big on the buyouts. I don't really ever remember. I mean, Marquise. Morris. Yeah. Marquise was great, but the Lakers were already pretty stacked in 2020. I, I don't, but he I, gave them that little something that I he did. He did. did. He did. And that's really what it is, is you have to have a ready-made title contender, get that extra guy. But if it's somebody you're expecting to be an impact player, it's just not realistic to think that a buyout guy is going to make a difference. What's going to make a difference at the trade deadline is a, is the Lakers picking up a legitimate third star. That would move things, and it would mean trading Russell Westbrook. The reason why I say that is because it's going to likely have to be someone that's making 30-plus mil and that that team does not want to pay beyond this year. And it's got to be a bona fide third star, someone that you know that when LeBron sits, oh, good, this guy's in this. He's in there. He'll be able to kind of hold the fort down. That's the only way that will work where it could be an impact player. I would say other than that, two really, really good players. But I don't think they'd send both first-round picks for them. So that means that team has to accept the fact that they're only going to get one draft pick and get an expiring contract, and they're going to unload these big salaries that they can't pay. That's how that's going to likely play out. Now, the, the cynic in me says... I'm not feeling anything that's going to happen. I still don't feel anything. Maybe it changes in a couple of weeks, but there used to be a time where we knew stuff way before that things were going to happen and nothing is happening. So either everyone's purposely being quiet, they've all called each other and said, just don't say anything, or nothing is going to happen because the landscape has changed because you legitimately, looking at the Western Conference standings, you have 13 teams that are still competing for a playoff spot in the West. 13 out of 15. And you have 13 in the East. Orlando is only four and a half games off out the play-in. So if, you're, if, 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 if Adam Silver was sitting back going, let's make – Every team relevant without having them, without making it relevant on our own, right? Well, they did. The play-in has made almost every team relevant in the NBA. We're almost to the to the to the to the all-star game, and you have 30, 26 teams out of the 30 that have a legitimate shot of making the playoffs. So who's gonna trade what? Who's gonna take a chance and Say, eh, I don't want to make the playoffs and make that play- playoff money or promote the the bit, you know, the the, the 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 team or have that winning mentality. Like who? The landscape has changed. The play-in has changed acquisitions and trades, I think, forever. I agree. Because it gives a lot of teams uh, the feeling or the thought that they're competitive. So why th- why should they go ahead and sell 
and they think they're competitive in their conference. And think about, let's say Orlando. Let's use Orlando as an example. They have the potential rookie of the year right now, right? Why they don't have to go? They don't need to go get Wenbenyama. I mean, they'd like to, but they're kind of caught in that. Well, if we start losing now, we're, it's going to be obvious we're tanking, and we don't want that. We don't want to create that. At least I would think, if I was the owner, I wouldn't want to create that losing mentality. Pablo's going to be a star. Why, well, you're going to want to get every first-round pick? Every No, you already got one, so go roll with it. Let's go win. And the only guys that are going to be playing for, for a good draft pick at this point is Detroit, the Hornets, Spurs, and Houston. That's what those, those guys are now, those four teams – are now going to hope that they get Victor Wenbanyama in the draft. Those are the only teams that are more than likely not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you on that because right now it's definitive on which teams are tanking, which teams are not. Even a team like Washington and even a team like Toronto, which have poor records like 20-26 and 21-27, those teams are still deciding whether they want to go full tank or all in on trying to make the Western, the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs. And then you have also on the Western Conference, you have Oklahoma City at 23-24, Golden State at 23-24, Utah at 24-25, Minnesota at 24-24, Phoenix at 24-24, and, and then the, the Clippers at 25-24, and 24, Dallas is just a half game ahead of them at 25 and 23. So all these teams, and if you include the Lakers and Portland in that mix, all these teams are vying for these select amount of slots. They all around 500. I think the goal for the Lakers at first should be just to get to 500. Cause if they get to 500, they're right in the middle of the Western conference. Look at the East from seven to 10. You have the Knicks, you have the Hawks, the Pacers, and the Bulls. All four teams have been rumored to be doing something, whether it's Reddish, whether it's Collins, whether it's uh, uh, DeRozan, whether it's uh, the Toronto Miles Turner. You have all these teams that are rumored to have this fire sale of something because the teams are not doing whatever, right? But I'm sitting there looking at the stage. I'm like, dude, they're in the plane right now. Are they really going to go, you know what? We're in the play-in. We're about to hit the playoffs. Screw it. Let's just dump everybody. I I, I am not – I can't buy that until I see it. At this point, I don't think Jack's squat is going to happen. Nothing major is going to happen until I see it. I just don't see it. It doesn't make sense. Why would they do that? Why would they trade these guys? For what? It just doesn't make any sense. They're all in it. They're all playing to win, right? Yep. It's 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 it, and some of them are in the playoffs as of right now. I don't I don't see it. I just don't see it. And uh, the Lakers are likely going to have to hope that AD MVP AD and MVP LeBron are on all cylinders in the playoffs, and the Lakers role players shoot like they did tonight through a two-and-a-half-month run for them to have any shot. Unless they face the Celtics in the finals, Celtics are going to wax them with this team. They would need a lot of help. Well, we'll find that out sometime in the not-too-distant future because they play Boston on the 28th of this month. One thing I want to ask you before we get to Kobe and before we head on out, my friend, and that is the next five games 
at home versus the Clippers, at home versus San Antonio. They're on the road at Boston, which I mentioned, at Brooklyn, who don't have Kevin Durant. And then you're at New York as well, at the MSG. If they take four out of those five games, the Lakers are back, like I said, at 500. That should be the first step. Get to 500 first, and that puts you right in the middle of the, you know, right there in the playoff in the playoff chase. So I ask you, my friend, do you think they can get it done with winning four out of five? Because that would put them squarely at 500. Yeah, absolutely. I'm but, counting the Boston, you know, at home uh, in Boston. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They're they're with AD coming back. I mean, I know it's going to take a minute for him to get you know acclimated, but there is there is that a, could be his first game in Boston. If if they are competitive and they lose to Boston, it's not going to hurt as much other than the fact that we're losing to Boston. My my focus right now is I want them to clean the Clippers clock. They are so due there. And then I'm anticipating LeBron not playing on Wednesday, which means the troops need to back him up there. Yeah. Okay. If they win Tuesday and Wednesday, they're in fan, they're in great shape, even if they lose Friday. Now they're winning the games they're supposed to. They get AD back, but is he ready all the way through? Probably not. And they're playing the best team in the NBA. Okay, keep it competitive. And if they lose, it's okay. Then at that point, you know, you got the Nets who are kind of struggling a little bit that are going to be coming up. And uh, I think we play Golden State too, aren't we? Uh, I got to look at the schedule here. Not, um, not yet. No, not yet. Not yet. Who the heck Again, are it's, you? Uh, it's the Clippers, San Antonio, Boston, Brooklyn, and then New York. After oh. that, they have. Oh, Indiana. so you got Indiana. Yeah. So it's Indiana, New Orleans, Oklahoma City, Milwaukee, Golden State. And then Golden State. you have Golden State. Yeah. Okay. So I was. So I that's was... that's uh, just before the All Star break. Okay. Good. So, and then as far as uh, let's say next week, Brooklyn and New York, which I mean, if AD is back, I, I feel pretty comfortable there. Indiana, New Orleans, all, you know, I think these are all winnable games. They're not going to win them all, but they're all winnable games. If AD is gets himself together after a couple, two, three games, I, I just I'm 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 going to assume that they're going to keep playing as well as they have. I don't see why they wouldn't. It's just injuries are going to be the ones that are going to kill us. I hope this, it, it, it doesn't become an issue. The last game before the trade deadline is Oklahoma City on Tuesday. February seventh. Uh, yes. Yes. So they they, they could, play on the trade deadline after the trade deadline has already been correct. Closed. So this is that those two days. Woo-wee. If you guys want to come to LakersBall.com, you're going to see a lot of activity, a lot of activity, and a lot of talking. I just think it's going to be a waste of time. And then of course we've got our trade. Well, yeah. we're going to have our trade deadline special. Uh, we will be on the air for at least two hours uh, good, on NBA good. trend deadline special. So I'm hoping you'll get a chance to be there. I'm hoping everybody will be get a chance to be there. But, yeah, we're looking forward to doing an NBA trade deadline special. Hopefully it won't be one of those situations like the past couple of years, which have gotten Laker Tom really in an uproar. If you see the actual go back in the archives and take a look at it, where he would get redder and redder and madder and madder with the Lakers inactivity. So, Hopefully it'll turn out a little bit better for the team going forward as far as the trade deadline and getting things that they need. But 
Right now, the Lakers are on a two-game winning streak. Hopefully, they can continue that success coming up here very soon. Before we head on out, my friend, and before we go ahead and set up things for the week, I want to talk about the anniversary for today because this is the anniversary of one of the greatest Laker games during the regular season of all time, and that is Kobe Bryant with an 81-point performance, second all-time in the history of the league for a regular season game. Just one of the truly magical performances. If you saw it live like I did as far as from the TV, I was not there live in 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 the crowd, like probably the 100,000 people which are now claiming that, which we all know the attendance at that time was not 100,000, but I'm sure a lot of people say they were there. I was actually watching on TV, and I did see the game as it happened, and just to see that incredible performance in that second half. Just imagine if he had a better first half. It would have even been that much more special, but 81 points, my friend. That second half, especially that fourth quarter, that midway through the fourth quarter when he really started to turn it on was really something special to watch. I've said this story before. I'll say it again for those who hadn't heard it. That was the greatest sports Sunday of my life. That was the that was the day I and and up, coming up that week that that's when the Steelers played the Denver Broncos in the AFC Championship game in Denver. This was Jerome Bettis's last season. Didn't know at the time at the time, but this was his last season. And if they beat Denver, they go to Detroit, where Jerome is from, mm-hmm. to play in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I didn't eat very well during the week. This is the last time I ever got really, really nervous over a game other than game seven of the Celtics series. Um, I didn't eat, hardly eat during the week. I kept, I was so nervous, so nervous to, about that game. And went to a buddy, my, my buddy's house, who's a Broncos fan, drank, he and I drank a case of Coronas and five hours because I was there a couple hours before we started didn't eat anything was blitzed out of my mind but controlled because I was watching the game game ends I am starving I eat I don't know what the hell I ate I ate whatever I ate there and then I went to Wendy's afterwards and got the spicy chicken fries and, and drink then I go home and I fall asleep I get up and I go, shoot, Laker game is on. This is after I'd watched maybe an hour or two of the post-game highlights after the game. I go, and it's in the second quarter. And Kobe ends up dropping, what was it, 26 in the first half? Uh, I watched the first, the last six minutes of the second quarter. I missed the first uh, quarter and a half, a quarter and a half. And at that time, I didn't miss Laker games. That was a total just, I probably got tired from drinking that whole day. Woke up. In a, in a daze, and I'm like, oh, let's you know, put the Laker game on. So I'm watching the game. Kobe drops 26 in the first half. Nothing nothing new that year. He was dropping those kind of numbers every game pretty much. You averaged 40 points for a whole month. All of a sudden, I watched the third quarter. And, you know, they were down 18, by the way, going into the half. I'm watching the third quarter. I'm like, Kobe just dropped 30 points. I go, and we're down only, I think, four. I go, dude. He has to play the fourth quarter now because whenever he's had that kind of game, he always stopped playing in the fourth. See, Kobe would have scored 100 points in this era. He would have scored 100 points in this era. People have said he'll score 40 a game. I think he would have been able to do it one year. I don't know if he'd be able to do it every year. But Kobe 
would have scored 100 points in this era based off of the 48-minute game that, that's, that it's set at now. So I'm watching the fourth quarter, and this is bef- this is right when Twitter started to sort of get popular. It wasn't—I don't even know if it was popular at that time. I, I know I think it was there, but you started seeing ESPN and them uh, send out something. I think it was Facebook. I don't know. Was it Facebook uh, comments? It could have been Twitter. I didn't. I, I, don't, I don't remember what it was. But people were going nuts. NFL players, NBA players, like what the hell is going on? And then of course. The aftermath drops 81 points. Uh, last two points were at the free throw line. We know we're going to win. Kobe comes out, and what I believe will be his statue, he puts up the number one while walking to the bench and makes history. And I'm sitting there going, holy crap. What the hell day was this? Kobe beat out Championship Sunday on ESPN's lead story. So when anybody comes and talks to me about Kobe Bryant, you can say all the stuff you want about him. Because a lot of times people leave him out of the GOAT conversation. I said, Kobe Bryant was so big, he, first of all, he stopped the planet when he died. I've seen a lot of famous people pass away. Michael Jackson, Prince, a lot of people. I'm talking megastars. I never saw the world stop like when Kobe died. I'm being dead honest. It's not because I'm a Laker fan and I'm a Kobe fan. The world stopped. There was this, There was devastation like I'd never seen in my lifetime. Kobe put Championship Sunday second. That's how big he was. That's how big this that game was. It was more than 81 points. It was a legendary performance by a legendary player that we'll always remember as that and never, nothing else. Two things I noticed uh, when I watched the replays today. You can only see the highlights on YouTube for the from the Lakers feed, but NBA TV did have the full Lakers game uh, as far as part of their coverage today. But you can watch the full Toronto feed on YouTube without hesitation you can it comes up right away and i had a chance to watch the highlights plus i watched the full game again on youtube and i was from the toronto side and also i watched the nba tv feed replaying the lakers feed with uh, bill mcdonald and Stu lance it's so funny to see the dynamics as far as how that's back and forth they all of them the covers that just you know they're all just incredulous over kobe's game they all gave the compliments there but the angles and the shots, the way things were, were shot and done, was a little bit different depending on which feed you watched. I noticed the Toronto feed again. I watched it for the first time today. It's so funny going and watching it. First thing is in the last five minutes, they seem to have a fixation on Vanessa Bryant. Really going back to her time and time and time and time again, especially because he went to the free throw line quite a bit in that fourth quarter. I'll leave that to your imagination, what they were doing, what they were thinking by constantly going back to her on the Toronto feed. But I will say the second thing I noticed more clearly is, you know, after he had scored the 81 points on the free throws and he was actually coming up that one last time up the half court, it was so funny. Finally, Sam Mitchell asked for a double team at half court and they were double teaming him and trapping him in half at the half court as soon as he got over the half court line. 
I'm like doing saying to myself, you do this now. You think about doing this now after 81 points. And it was just seemed to me like it was ridiculous because there was only 30 seconds left in the game, but it was truly just seeing him doing that again. So miraculous, such a great second half. I don't think I'll ever see or witness anything like that again in my life. Just truly an incredible performance, my friend, and something that should always be remembered in the annals of sports history, not just NBA history, not just Laker history, sports history, bar none. I don't think Kobe's respected by the medium or, or the outside world as much as he probably should. It's it's weird. I, I And I say outside world, I'm, I'm meaning those who had a – kind of a front row seat there. The the ones that talk great about Kobe are usually former players, opponents, the great ones. And I've I've said this a few times, so many of us are prisoners of the moment. And during that whole retirement setup and all that and you kept hearing all the good things, I was the only one sitting back going, "All you mother, you know what's didn't want to come play with Kobe, but now you're all kissing his ass." And they're still kissing his ass. I watched Michael Jordan in his prime, and I watched Kobe in his prime. I watched over 1,200 games that Kobe played. I probably watched over 500 games that Michael Jordan played. I'm telling you right now, there was a hair difference between those two. And that hair was God's hair that he put on Michael Jordan. And if Kobe wins... In 04 and 08, that hair probably goes to microscopic. And Kobe and Jordan are sitting at the same table. The accomplishments and the talent have to merge together. Jordan, why is he the greatest? Because Jordan never lost at the highest moment of of his career. And he won the most. So you have to give him that mantle. You have to give him that. That's what that is. He did it all. He never lost. He never lost when it mattered. Oh, well, he lost in the second round here, and he didn't make it the first five years, blah, blah. No, 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 Who has six championships and six finals MVPs? Michael Jordan. No one else. It matters. Accomplishments matter. Now, if Kobe's sitting back with seven championships and four, let's say, three or four finals MVPs, that discussion's different. And that's how I explained this. Yeah, the scoring was great. You know, all that. Scoring is great. But Kobe Bryant, beyond the 81, was a culture. He was a, a phenomenon, just like Michael was, just like LeBron is. And Kobe was at a time where I felt like he was he was kind of a Dan Marino of today's game. Dan Marino was doing what guys are doing now back in the 80s and 90s. Kobe was being that three-point guy from distance and high volume, back and forth, all game, every game, back in the 2000s. Imagine if he he was doing that now. I really believe he would have hit 100 points because he would have not been able to sit those fourth quarters. He scored those 62 points, 56 points. He would have... He would have played more fourth quarters, and he probably would have... I know for sure he would have got 90, for sure. At some point. And that's how great he was. That's just that we we saw greatness. I saw greatness in, in, in three generations. 
uh, at least two generations. I mean, at the highest level. Well, I don't know if we'll ever see it again. I think we're seeing it with LeBron a little bit. I don't know if we'll ever see it again. And by the way, the last show when we were talking about the dual players, I was thinking about this driving at home. I forgot to mention Giannis. Giannis is the only perimeter player right now that can do both. And I, I, I apologize to Giannis for not bringing him up. Hi, this is Mr. Holiday from the podcast, My Worst Holiday. And you're listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Lakers really got to go ahead and make sure that they always remember and never forget, fans, Kobe's brilliant 81-point performance. It is the anniversary of it. It is 17 years now, 17 years since that great game happened, and I'm looking forward to more celebrations in the years to come for it. But before we head on out, there's also going to be a, a bad anniversary coming up with Kobe here in the in not-too-distant future in four days, just to let remind everyone as well. So unfortunately, that part has to come with it too. But before we head on out, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers did pull away with a 121-112 victory over the Portland Trail Blazers in one of the best performances in the second half all season. The comeback, their second greatest of all time coming back from a 25-point halftime deficit. Before we head on out, my friend, please go ahead and elaborate a little bit more on, on what you think the Lakers need to do this week. Again, they've got a five-game set, four games I really think that they can win and be competitive. I'm not asking like you a whole lot in Boston. If they get it, it's 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 found gold. It's like when you're you're at the craps table or you're here in Vegas, you're you're getting all the money and you're just, you know, you already made above what you were already planning to go ahead and get. And it's just, you know, just house money after that if the Lakers do win in Boston. But I think the other four games that they can really go ahead and focus on, they can pull out the next four out of five. Oh, yeah. I think they were maybe trending this way and it's starting to, you know, starting to produce results. Uh, our, our only, we, 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 we were trending well. Winning five straight. We were talking about this a week and a half ago. Yep. But then what happened? It LeBron didn't play in that Denver game, and it completely just kind of skewed the whole setup. I'm sorry, LeBron. I know you need to get your rest. I know you're in his 20th season, but we, we, we're, we're, behind, we're behind the eight ball at this point. We can't. Might as well go after it all. Look, I promise you, I know my anal analyzing on this is, is worthless. I'm not anybody of any substance. But I, you, if you go all out and you falter in the end, I, I have a lot of, I'll have more respect in the end for you. You've done it all. He, LeBron's done it all. Even if he doesn't play another game, even if he doesn't break Kareem's record and retires tonight, he's done enough. He's done a lot. In the greatest of all time category, I know that's still there. I don't think he'll ever be there from my perspective because I saw the greatest player of all time. His name is Michael Jordan. And the only guy that's – and then the guy that's like right here 
is is Kobe Bryant. LeBron, I can pick third. You can go third with him. Uh, that's just always going to be that way. I watched them all, and I I, I know what I watched. But I I just think they should start just going all out. You know, suck it up, which looks like they were. Suck it up, go after it. Maybe you'll get lucky, guys. Maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe Boston might have some injury. Maybe uh, something happens where things can open up and you can somehow sneak it in because this is the one year that I can't can't remember this much parity in the NBA in decades, ever. Maybe the 70s. Well, the thing with, again, I just think they need to focus in on getting to 500. They can get to 500 by the end of this month or, heck, even the first week of next month before the trade deadline. That puts them squarely in the mix in the Western Conference. And then you can go from there. Maybe make that trade you've been talking about, that everybody's been talking about, that boosts the team even more. But again, for me, it's about getting to 500 first and then starting to focus on what you, damage you can do in the Western Conference. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna know here in about three weeks, <laughs> less than three weeks. I think if the Lakers make a run here and they're they get the sixth fifth seed, let's say, let's just say that the pressure is going to be on Rob to get something done. Even if all the bench players are well are, are do playing well, it's not enough to, to to contend for a title. If you have a healthy AD and a healthy LeBron, you have a chance with those guys with those two. But you have to give him a third guy. And unfortunately, Russell Westbrook is not the guy. He's too erratic. Uh, Zangerstein said he's a Jekyll and Hyde. He's not a Jekyll and Hyde. This Jekyll fascination Hyde. with Cam Reddish, it's been all over the chat. Jekyll, the Je- there's, always, there's always that guy every year with the Lakers. It's always somebody. Uh, let me now ask you this. Reddish. Well, let me just ask you this and ask the, the, the crew on this. I, I actually already put it in the chat earlier. The guy has a lot of promise and a lot of talent. But he's found himself benched in both New York and Atlanta. Is there something that they know that we don't when talking about Cam Reddish? I'm going to I'm going to give you my my ass- assessment on that. Mm-hmm. Those coaches in Atlanta and in New York are two of what you would call old school coaches. Mm-hmm. They probably don't register with someone like Cam Reddish. You probably need someone more Gen Z-esque to or Gen Z eccentric, if you will, that can connect with that particular generation. Nate McMillan and Tom Thibodeau should have been coaching in the 90s. That's their mentality. Pat Riley would have never worked in this era. And Phil Douglas- Jackson might have, but definitely not, definitely not uh, Pat Riley. He's too, those two guys are way too hard on their players. Yeah, for I don't see like three-hour practices going over very no. well with today's generation no. of players. And yeah, no. And 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 my guess is what it, I don't know if it'll change in LA because it may not come from the coach, but the pressure of being an LA Laker is immense. So if you have any mental weaknesses, any mental issues in terms of uh, not being happy with whatever you want you're probably not going to make it out in L.A. either. And, you know, or Douglas, Laker. You, you know, Zach Levine was also, his name was brought up several times on our last post-game show that we did on Friday. We talked extensively about Chicago and the assets they have. They're a team that's still trying to compete in the Eastern Conference. But Zach Levine, you're going to risk a lot. What are you going to give up for a player that, you know, has iffy 
very iffy knees, and I mean very iffy knees, who will be on the wrong side of 30 by the end of his contract making $50 million a year. Hmm? Does that sound great? People think of always the here and now. And, you know, if the Lakers were closer to a ring or to the top of the Western Conference, might it, you want to might be in that mindset of, okay, let's do this for the now. But when you're in 12th place in the Western Conference and you're just looking for fixes to help your team get competitive, really, you got to look at the, I think, also the back end of this stuff as far as how much it will hurt you down the road as well. You have zero chance of a Laker trading for Zach Levine. Zach Levine is going to be owed 40, 43, 45, 48 million in the next four years. I'm sorry, past, 50, 48 million. Past this year. That's not counting this year. He's got four more years after this year. Okay. And that last contract is a player or last season is a player option, which means he ain't going to say no to that either by then because he'll be on one leg. Absolutely not. The only team that's going to trade for Zach Levine is Minnesota bringing him back because they want to get rid of Rudy Gobert's contract. And at least if you got a perimeter player with Anthony uh, Edwards and Cat, it sort of kind of balances out things a little bit better. That's the only trade I see happening there. Uh, the Lakers have to find a two serviceable, really, really, really good players for the assets they have or somehow one of these teams who has an impact player who they don't want to pay beyond this year that they want to unload and just, you know, get an expiring contract. And that's essentially how this is going to work. I don't know who, though. I don't even really know who's a big player. That, and that you got to look at Bradley is. Beal in that same kind of context we look no. at Zach Levine Ooh. as well. He's just a little bit more healthy than him, which is not saying much. Not, not at all. Not <laughs> very much. He's not very much healthier. No, you and can't. He's not, and he's more expensive. Yeah. For as many years. Mm-hmm. No, the, the, there's no chance of Bradley Beal or Zach Levine ever becoming a Laker. Just uh, put that away. It's never going to happen. Lakers aren't going to pay that money. Uh, we already made that mistake with, with, with Westbrook. The only difference between those two guys, yeah, they might not have the attitude or the, as uh, Zangerstein said, the Jekyll and Hyde. And I'll get to that in a second to, in terms of the, the assessment on that uh, Jekyll and Hyde issue. But the problem is, are they going to be available? If they're not available, then they're useless. And you're paying these guys forty to fifty million dollars. Well, I think Bradley Beal might end up making sixty at the end of the end of his contract. Absolutely not. The Lakers have players out there that could make a difference. They wouldn't have to give up that much to get them. But will the other team play ball? Will they demand both both draft picks for one guy? Eat excrement is what I would say. No, I'm giving you one for a major impact player. If you want McGim, if you want both, you got to give me two impact players, and they got to be legit. I mean, legit guys that are going to help this team win a championship this year. But who, who? I don't know any that are going to be available. And that's part of the problem because also the Lakers are vying for a trade, along with what twenty other teams that are also looking to improve their roster as well. Because there are 20 teams right now that believe they could get into the playoffs. At least 20. Actually, I'm sorry, closer to 24, 20, you know, 23, 24 teams right now that believe they can get into the NBA playoffs this year. Maybe even 25. 26 right now, officially, really. 
The uh, Lakers in five uh, said would we trade AD for DeRozan and Vucevic. 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 Sorry, no, not not an, enough of an impact player. Um, Plus, yeah, Vucevic my, is a UFA. He's I'm, a UFA I'm giving you, yeah, I'm giving you guys a realistic trade instead of just fantasy because fantasies that's Laker Tom's department. Well, that's what Douglas is asking. Well, then who do we think the Lakers? Can I think the only player? trade that would real be realistic this summer and be good for both teams is that Philadelphia trade that I told you guys about a few weeks ago, which is uh, Maxi, Tobias Harris, Tobias Harris. They sent us a draft pick, and whatever fillers we we want to get from that and then for for Philly Philly gives up you it gives up a probably a potential star in Maxi Tobias Harris is a very very good player not great but very good player and who are we trading for you got to mention that as well who are we trading uh who are we sending to Philadelphia we're sending AD because we got no no other alternatives then yeah if AD cannot stay healthy now what? Why would Philly do that, right? Well, he's not healthy. Well, Philly has a better chance at risking there to win a championship next year because they still got a big man there. They still got Embiid. And then James Harden, he's kind of lost a little, but he's still, I think, going to be really good next year. So you take – Philly can take that chance, and if AD happens to be healthy, then – they got a real good shot at winning the title next year with that team. That's all I got, guys. That's all that made sense to me looking at all the teams. We get a young player. We get a very, very, very good player. We get some draft capital. And now we can go into next year with maybe a team that's a little bit more tailored to LeBron's skill set. Not that AD's not. I'm just saying you you have that shot. And then we try to bring in – Somebody else. I don't know for, for whatever we have left on the cap. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. <laughs> Gary A says Davis and Embiid. Sheesh. We'll see if that ever happens. I think, again, it would probably come down to AD would probably want to go and be traded to the Bulls. But we'll see because he's from Chicago. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Go he ain't ahead. winning anything in Chicago. Uh, I, he, but he's home in Chicago. That's his hometown. Eh, sentimental. Someone's overrated. All right. Well, I wouldn't want to go. I wouldn't want to go back home to Turlock, California. <laughs> Depends where your home is, indeed. I mean, Once I was. Guess, yeah, it's just that, that that home thing is overrated. Plus, again, he, he, if, if AD wants to win, he goes to Philly and plays Adam's, a beat. Adam Hurley's asking, "Do you guys think we should still trade Bab, Pat Bev? One game does not a season make." Yes. Yes, so absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. If you can get even even none, if you can get none, you're close to what? Uh, $19 million there? Mm-hmm. If you can get a player for $19 million that's really, really good, absolutely. freaking And Especially, the Lakers have some seconds they can throw at people. Yeah. That's not necessarily be first. I'd give us, so since they brought up Cam Reddish, I'd give up a second for Cam Reddish. <laughs> and we're going to be able to wait on that one. If, no, if, if the Knicks want to get rid of that guy and they finally get to the realization that no one's going to drop a first for them, then I'm sure they'll, and they really want to get rid of them. They'll take a second for them. I'd, I'd say that I wouldn't mind taking a, I wouldn't mind throwing a second for Cam Reddish and seeing what happens there. But you know, I'm not, I'm not really going to hold my breath on that one. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win pulling away 121 to 112 with their biggest 
comeback of the year and their second biggest in the Lakers history. A truly great performance from both LeBron, also Thomas Bryant, and also Dennis Schroeder with some clutch baskets as well. Really looking forward to seeing what this team can do going forward. But before we head on out, Joe, I really want to thank everybody out there that's been watching us. If you get a chance, please like and subscribe our show as best you can wherever you get your podcast. Do you want to mention to the 5,000 people that are following us at Courtside Lakers? Thank you again for Henry for allowing us the platform to do. Hopefully, uh, you'll be able to go ahead and like us and subscribe to us on YouTube so you can get the latest notifications when we go live in the air. Facebook, give a big shout out to all the Facebook Laker groups that are out there. Appreciate you watching us. And if you're seeing us for the first time, we do appreciate you being part of everything that we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. We will be on Tuesday for the game against the Clippers, 7 o'clock start time. It starts at TNT, just to let you know. And we'll be on, on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Joe and I and and also Sean hopefully will be there. Nick hopefully will be there as well. And hopefully we get the crew all together to go ahead and be there to watch the game against the Clippers. Maybe a win. Should be a win. Hopefully will be a win. It will be a win. Let's think positive there. So hopefully after that, we'll be here at the Lakers Fast Break. You know we'll be after the game, post-game here at Lakers Fast Break with the best Lakers chat that's out there right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But before we head on out, Joe, want to go ahead and mention as well that the Lakers will be having, again, a really, really good chance to get back in this thing. Do you think, honestly, by the end of this month that the Lakers will be in the playing mix at least? If they win Tuesday and Wednesday, yes. Yes, absolutely. They'll they'll be one game away from being 500 if they come somehow have this, the the ability to win Friday. We we could be at 500 by Friday. It's a very exciting feeling. Uh, but even if they they're not, I think they can still make a, a pretty good run next week, uh, especially with AD playing. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm I'm very proud of everyone on the team. We're hard on them like we're hard on our children. At least I am. You know, I expect I expect respect uh, of what you're doing. I expect you to earn what you're what you're paid. You know, you're there to do a job. You're there to represent my opinion, the greatest sports franchise on the planet. And it's it's important. We're not we are not the New Orleans Pelicans. We are not the Charlotte Hornets. So when you play well, when you play like you have the last two games, I told you guys, man, even if you don't win the game and I, you can see that you're playing hard and trying to win, you're going to get the respect, at least for me. And we are going to support you. We don't want you to be lazy and not professional and do the fundamentals. Fundamentals were run today. Yeah. They, they got smoked in the second quarter. You, What do they say? It's not how many times you fall down, it's how you get up. Well, they gave up. They gave, got up today more than once and said, no, we ain't losing this game. Mad respect. Absolutely mad respect. And you're going to have my respect if that's how you're going to play. Even if they hadn't won this game, I would have respected them for coming back the way they did because they had no business doing it in Portland out of all places. And it's hilarious that when we do win in Portland, it's always in epic fashion. Doesn't matter if it's Kobe playing, LeBron. It's like you, we just have this habit of just taking our hand and going through that hard, pulling it out. <laughs> you know, 
And I just enjoyed, I enjoyed the game tonight. Uh, I enjoyed all the sports today and uh, I'm happy uh, you were able to, uh, we were able to get on the show here tonight and give our crowd here a little bit of uh, positive reinforcement for what's coming here in the next week. I will say though, that before we head on out, we've actually got some scheduling stuff that I want to go ahead and, t- and talk to you about on Monday evening i'm going to try and post about 10 minutes of what we do at playback.tv slash sacred fast breaks you get an idea so if you like what you see in fact it will be the infamous sean grice deep dive on jay moore that was mentioned on playback.tv so hopefully i can give you 10 minutes of that but what i will also do as well for the people listening on audio since I don't have to worry about any copyrights because of the game flashing in the background and stuff like, like we do on YouTube, because I can only show a few minutes of that, at least I'm thinking I'm, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to do that, I will give you a lot more coverage, a lot more footage, and a lot more stuff as far as from our playback.tv that I've dug up over the past couple of weeks. And I'm going to go ahead and compile it on one good podcast for you on Monday night, and that'll drop. And then, of course, we got the game on Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday and Friday, I'm looking to hopefully, if Joe and Sean are up to it, a Lakers history 101. Professor Joe Soro hasn't you know, given me the subject on it yet, so he's still thinking about it is what he says. So I'm looking forward to what he'll tell me what he wants to do for his next lecture at Lakers history 101. And then on Friday, I want to go ahead and see, even if it's just for a short while, I want to go ahead and start a Laker quiz show. Even if it's just Joe versus Sean, I want to go ahead and start off with that. We do want more players. We do want more contestants. So if you know your Lakers trivia, please go and hit us up. Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com or Lakers Fast Break wherever you get your social media. And we can have you on playing against Joe and Sean. But at least on Friday, I'm going to think we're going to go ahead and start with the Lakers quiz show and see if we can get that going as well. So a lot of coming up for us here at the Lakers Fast Break, a lot coming up for you to watch and experience and listen to here at the Lakers Fast Break. So for Joe Sorrell, this is Gerald Glassford. Please support all you can, all the stuff we do, LakersBall.com, of course, SimBlades.com, our good friends at Lakerholics.com, our good friends at the Hoop Pets Podcast Network. Of course, all the stuff that I do, like the Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Please support all that because I work really hard on those shows as well. But thank you so much for everybody for sticking around. We've had a great crowd that stayed with us throughout the entire 90 minutes. Do we have a cash app? No, not yet. But as soon as we get over 1,000 subscribers, I am told that we actually can go ahead and start accepting tips because on nights like tonight, it's really helps us out for production values and things of that nature, because we do this virtually for free. We do this almost as a voluntary basis. Joe does it for voluntary basis. I do it for almost next to nothing. So anything will help us out, but that's a great question. Lakers and five is truly appreciated, but for Joe Sorrell, this is Gerald Glassford, Lakers and five, Howard Hill, Roberto, Zangerstein, Terrence, Gary, a Jim, Howe. So many people, so many great names. Adam, it's got to give everybody a, a shout out. Douglas, thanks so much for being part of what we do each and every time out. We're always here for you, my friend, whenever you decide to come back. We thank you so much for watching and listening and taking time out of your day. And we'll be back with some good stuff on Monday and the game, of course, on Tuesday and the post game. The best post game around is right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.